0: Previously on Billy Joel A to Z.
1: Billy went to a lot of Italian restaurants with lots of bags of clams. Things are okay in Oyster Bay. Me and Bob and a Meatball Hero. He's writing this song in '77, and they're reminiscing about 1975.
2: The time change, and Mike Myers would
1: go. Be-dee, be-dee, be-dee.
2: We serve the best Caesar salad in town.
1: Any cafe or restaurant song, he's like, Get the accordion out! Those hot lights, I burned my hand on it. I was trying to change the bulb. Uh, I felt he used too many onions. Did you hear what happened to Brenda and Eddie? They broke up. Shut your face! Dabba dabba doobabi!
0: How's the Italian food in this restaurant?
2: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Billy Joel A to Z and the explosive conclusion of scenes from an Italian restaurant. We've been breaking the song up into about five parts. We left you with what is formerly called the Italian restaurant song. And then things were OK in Oyster Bay, everybody's favorite, which led us to the instrumental transitional piece, which leads us up to this next portion. So let's move on now to the Ballad of Brenda and Eddie. The Ballad of Brenda and Eddie will continue in a moment. (laughs) (laughs) remember the first part of this song is in black and white as we turn to color
3: Brenda and Eddie were the popular steadies and the king and the queen of the farm riding around with the car top down and the radio on nobody looked any finer always more of a hit never Knew we could want more than that out of life. Sure, the Brenda and Eddie would always know how to survive. Oh, 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 oh. oh, oh. and Eddie was still going steady in the summer of 75 when they decided It's too late.
2: That section is three minutes long, almost three minutes long. So it could have completely have been its own song. And we would have loved every minute of it if it was on The Stranger just by itself. Because it's fascinating. It's great. You, you saw you and I were just when he's like, you know, bomb-bomb. you know, the, the drumming. Yeah. It makes you happy. The song itself is this great, amazing, fun piece. And you're like, I love it. I love it. And then it gets sad, but it's still great. I mean, it's like what he does. He's taking some sad stuff and I am rocking out to it. And it's very <laughs> much the ending is very much like Allentown. Oh, man, this is getting depressing.
1: And yet and then and then. So let's go over the lyrics. Brenda Netty. No, no, it's bre- Brenda Renetti. It's a girl named <laughs> Brenda Renetti right <laughs> which by the way is great because he gives it that that long island accent with the r at the end of brenda but it makes it much easier to sing because he doesn't have to have a space between like the a's and if it was brenda and eddie there's like a gap but instead it's brenda Vernetti.
2: oh that's so funny i never even thought about that before yeah. brenda
1: <laughs> Brenda Vernetti,
2: i love it Vernetti were the popular steadies and the king of the queen of the prom riding around with the cop- car top down and the radio on nobody looked any finer or is more of a hit at the Parkway Diner. Absolutely brilliant. You know, this is a th- this song speaks to everyone. The way we talk about Bruce Springsteen talking about the working man. This song and Billy Joel clearly speaks. Well, you grew up in New York City, so maybe it's not the same. But anybody who grew up in New Jersey or Long Island or really anywhere USA, this speaks to. You're a hit at the Parkway Diner. I mean, <laughs> perfect. That's exact and you you're right there in your head going, Oh yeah, I know those two. There's yeah, always like, the hot couple.
1: Or the waitresses are like, oh, Brenda and Eddie are here. You'll have yeah. the regular. Here's your booth. Yep. We never knew
2: we could want more than that out of life. Cause you're like, isn't this great? They're the hottest couple in town. It's like, well, you never saw 16 candles, but that's what the girl is like. Oh my God. We're the hottest couple in town. I always love when your parents are away so we can pretend we're like married and we are the coolest couple. And, uh, and then again, that's Sixteen Candles, Chicago. Uh, and and it, it's every high school or at least the way things used to be up until maybe the 2000s where everybody just gets upset about everything. Who knows? But from the third, from the 40s to the 2000s, this is the way high school was.
1: Sure. Like I'm picturing in Greece, which is Los Angeles. But same thing, like how they had the diner they hung out at. And, you know, Danny and Sandy were cool although they weren't really together, but you know,
2: no, Alon, you're completely correct. That's all I picture. This is Greece. I mean, he says later, couldn't go back to the Greasers. This is yeah. Sandy and Danny, which, what should have been Greece too. <laughs> what, what, what the, the, what the, the, the horribleness they did to Greece too to ruin the franchise. But this should have been Greece too. I mean, at the end of Greece, Sandy Sandy and Eddie go with their cop car top down and they're playing the radio you know in that beautiful waving them goodbye exactly and he uh, I don't well Grease was actually on Broadway at this time I think Grease came out in 75 so he could have gotten inspired from that yeah Uh, yeah well they didn't have well no the movie does end with them in the No, it doesn't end with them in the car. That's the movie. So the Broadway show just ends with them like uh, we go together.
1: Maybe he went to go see Grease on Broadway with Elizabeth. And then afterwards, they got some dinner over at Fontana de Trevi.
2: (laughs) Well, listen, that makes a heck of a lot of sense. Surely Brendan Eddy would always know how to survive, which is so great. It's foreshadowing into the next piece. Brendan Eddy are that couple. They're the it couple in high school. And what happens to the hop couple in high school? And everyone knows this story before Billy Joel wrote it. But he's putting it on paper and saying, I'm writing a song. This isn't a movie, but you can picture it in your mind. Remember, this is before music videos. And this is the most obvious video. I believe this song might have been what music videos. Somebody got the idea like, we should just film this kind of stuff. Right. Tell like, this story. song is a story. Yeah. 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 This is what, this is the song music videos are based on. Like, I want to see that story. And yet on the flip side, you could say, which a lot of musicians did. No, no, it should never be filmed. It should be in your mind. You should picture this and that should be the end of it. So then he continues, which is so great. Brendan and Eddie were still going steady in the summer of 75, which is just a, you know, anytime you say the summer of a year. It always works. Summer 69, summer of 75, summer of 82. It all works.
1: Late September, 63.
2: Yeah, exactly. Where were you in 82? Uh, but right. <laughs> late September, 63. Uh, but is that the one that goes? Bom, 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 no, bom, it's bom, Oh, What a Night. Oh, Oh, What a Night. Right. OK. Something because there's also in the one I was singing, I think also has a year. It was. Late at night, 1965. Dun, 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 so that's always going to work. Uh, summer of a year, a good year that fits into your song is always going to work. When they decided the marriage would be at the end of July, everyone said they were crazy. Brenda, you know, you're much too lazy. And Eddie could never afford to live that kind of life because Brenda was the prom queen. Yeah. Oh, but there we were waving Brenda and Eddie goodbye, unbelievable lyrics, totally gets it. You picture it in your mind. You also know the couple. I mean, there's so many separate stories of the couple, the high school sweethearts, they get married and you hope it all works out. And then just the description of how it all comes down and how it all crashes and burns. They start. I mean, when you're telling a story about a just newly married couple and you can fit it again into a verse, Oh, man, it's so amazing. Well, they got an apartment with deep pile carpets with deep pile carpets and a couple of paintings from Sears. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. It shows they have no money. That's where people would go. And a paintings from Sears. That's the worst thing you could do. Of all
1: things. <laughs> whose paintings are sold at Sears? Right. It's like hotel lobby shit. Right.
2: And it's also a great wording to say this is the reason why people don't get married young because <laughs> you don't want to have to buy paintings
1: from Sears. Yeah. And they go and blow their savings on a waterbed. Right.
2: A big waterbed, what they bought with the bread. So you probably didn't know what that was.
1: I was like, what? They're using Italian bread as currency? What kind <laughs> of crazy life is this?
2: Uh, but that's great that they save money to buy a waterbed because that is what a young couple would do that had no idea that that's unnecessary and it's stupid, and you're not using your savings properly.
1: Right. This is a song about fiscal responsibility. (laughs) If you want your marriage to last, don't go wasting it on frivolous stuff like waterbeds. You got to be buying useful items. You need a dishwasher. (laughs) Waterbeds and Sears paintings. What are they thinking?
2: Uh, uh, Now I want to use that as the opening line. This is a story about fiscal responsibility. Hi, I'm Alan Altman. Welcome to the Billy Joel (laughs) A to Z podcast. (laughs) this is exactly the story you would tell if you were a musician <laughs> why what i like singing songs about fiscal responsibility
1: how is that bad for young kids don't take a, a taxi take a train you'll save some money put it towards something nice <laughs> that's
2: really funny and then it's great how it switches he's saying here's what happened they bought some very questionable items and then they started to the fight when the money got tight and the best line would you just get it and they just didn't count on the tears and the way he goes up and they just didn't count on the tears oh isn't that wonderful
1: it is yeah it's um it really paints the picture completely
2: and the way the line moves up uh yeah just like that and the
1: tears like it's and i don't mean it sears paints the picture i mean it's like a real like a michelangelo
2: (laughs) good oh and then it continues and you think maybe that would be the end they just didn't count on the tears, and then you could really end the song. But then he goes into it further.
1: Well, then he has a big solo fast. before we even get into more lyrics. That you know, the, when he says, "Yeah, rock and roll," and then you have this great solo where, when you see him live, he's really smashing the keyboard, like he is going super hard on the piano, like he loves to do. Like we see him doing, "I go to extremes," but much more successfully here. Right. Um, and you don't even realize that when you listen to the studio version, like how hard he's playing and like how into it he is at this moment.
2: So you're saying it's another another way to transition. A couple more years into it that this is what they've done. The money's getting a little tight. Let's go one or two more years into the future. That's why they have the solo, I guess, right?
1: Yeah, or maybe it's just like it's about this is the the strife now. They're fighting, they're crying. And so he's you know, it's like this kind of more aggressive solo. I think happening. it's more like that. Yeah, because I don't know if time passes here. I mean, he mentions that they get a divorce and the next thing, but then they goes but, back but he, to but talking he says, about summer of seventy-five.
2: But he says, Well, they lived for a while in a very nice style. So I thought maybe it was a transition, but yours sounds better.
1: I think we're still in the same time frame, basically, because remember, and we'll get to this at two verses later, but the marriage ends in the summer of 75 and it begins in the summer of 75. This whole marriage lasts for like four weeks. Oh,
2: maybe I didn't ever even notice that before.
1: I think it's a big flaw in the song personally.
2: Yeah, I thought they, geez, that's they didn't even give it a try. Well, they lived for a while in a very nice style. But it sounds to me at the first verse, they didn't live for a while in a very nice style at all.
1: For a while, it sounds it's like a good three weeks. Yeah. As
2: soon as they bought the waterbed, there was
1: trouble. Yes. She had then, her earrings on and popped a hole in it.
2: Well, I was going to say, Brenda's like, what do we need a waterbed for? You know, baby, just in case, you know, people come over and they want to sit in the waterbed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, who you think is going to sleep in our bed? No, I don't know. Maybe School, your friend right? Donna. I'm just saying. I don't know. Yeah, right, right? Right? Hey, your friend Donna might want to stop, but who knows? Right? But it's always the same in the end. They got a divorce as a matter of course, and they parted the closest of friends, which is so great because that makes you so happy, which, of course, something Billy Joel could not do. So, you know, you are. Well, I think him and Christie
1: stayed friends. Oh, yes, they did. They did. But, if the,
2: but he's writing this during his first, you know, so. Yeah. Then the king and the queen. Went back to the green, which we know is the village green he's talking about, which I didn't know until I really got into the lyrics. But you can never go back there again. And it's so true. And it, uh, I mean, again, it's so stupid, right? But the, now the only analogy I have in my head is stupid. Another uh, Brat Pack movie. Uh, what is St. Omer's Fire? Remember, Rob Lowe is such a mess. And he goes back to his college. And he's like, well, these guys will remember me. And then they're like, "Hey, you the we always said, you're the guy that can get us the best drugs." And he's like, "What? <laughs> that's all you guys think of me as?" But it it just uh, completely reminds, you know, but that's you can never go back there again. They Brendan Eddie had had it already by the summer of 75. Had had it already. You're right. Or maybe they're
1: saying they this can't be right. They can't have gotten divorced in a
2: couple of weeks.
1: They got divorced really fast, and I feel like why didn't Billy just write this line? Brenda and Eddie had had it already by the winter of seventy-five, but it still fits in the rhyme scheme. And then you give them three months, four months. But
2: but but maybe he's saying Brenda and Eddie had had it already, like they had, like maybe he's saying they had it, like they they had it all.
1: Is that, no, because the next line he says from the high to the low to the end of the show. So all has happened by the summer of seventy-five. The end of the show. The divorce. They're done.
2: Oh, that's really frustrating. I always thought they lasted a couple of years with those paintings from Sears, but they didn't count on the tears. (laughs) It just all came up uh, from the high to the low to the end of the show. So awesome for the rest of their lives. They couldn't go back to the greasers. The best they could do was pick up their pieces. Piecers. We always knew they would both find a way to get by. And that's a great line, too. Everybody knew they, they'll they get, they'll be fine. They're Brenda and Eddie. Yeah. And you, you, you say that all in one line and then you end it. Oh, and that's all I heard about Brenda and Eddie. Then you're already transitioning back to the restaurant in a way. And then, and then it's a, it's a, it, it's a stupid line that you don't need, but I, it, but it, we love it. I can't tell you more. Cause I told you already.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's not great.
2: <laughs> no, but but it works in every level, right? I mean, you love it, you love singing it, you love when he sings it. And then you go back, and here we are waving. And then it goes back to where you're waving to them goodbye that they're getting married. The story goes back before you go to the two people in the restaurant. You're you're kind of heading back to the beginning of the story within the story, even though you're saying, Oh, that's all I heard about Brenda and Eddie. You're you're starting the transition back.
1: Yeah, but in a different way, me. because earlier when we we're talking about waving them goodbye, it's like waving them goodbye like onto their honeymoon. And now right. it's like we're waving goodbye to their story. Like we've heard their story and now we're transitioning back to present day.
2: I always pictured in my mind, because obviously this is what makes songs so great. You interpret it any way you want. I always pictured them flashing back to them waving goodbye for the honeymoon, even though it's a double. You're right. it's It works both ways. But in my head, Since there is no video and I'm not counting that stupid quote official one in my head, I always pictured them going back to them, waving goodbye, a flashback to them, waving goodbye to them going on their honeymoon,
1: like a flashback to their happiest moment before it all unraveled.
2: Exactly. But it obviously works both ways, which, of course, makes it amazing.
0: Yeah. Come over here, kid. You never know. You might have to cook for 20 guys someday. You see, you start out with a little bit of oil. And you fry some garlic. Then you throw in some tomatoes, some tomato paste. You fry it, you make sure it doesn't stick. Mm-hmm. You got it to a boil. You shove in all your sausage and your meatballs, and a little bit of wine, and a little bit of sugar. And that's my trick.
2: So let's tackle the final, unbelievable, epic ending of the song. A First of all, when he opens with the, ah, you know, like you need that there, you need it, like him to say yeah. something, even though it's not lyrics, just the, you know, because you're like, I'm like this is this is amazing, I need this epicness, and somehow that works where I'm like I'm going for it now, get ready, we're winding it up, yeah, and winding it down at the same time, and when it comes back, you know, when you have the saxo you could end it. After he says in our Italian restaurant, and that could be the end, but the sax solo is completely necessary because the song, because really you can cut it right there. You know, it doesn't, you went back, sure. that's the end, but it's, it's so works because no, we, we need more time to decompress what we just learned. And we need that sax solo to, to really end to, to feel better about ourselves in a way and not, I don't know, to, think about what we've just been through in this ride. He took us on.
1: I, well, I totally agree. I, uh, I'm speechless about it. It's just a great ending. to this Yeah.
2: Episode. You know, it's yeah. You get speeches. And so Billy calls this, he refers to it as a symphonic reiteration. And that is what that is. The ending, the outro, the one minute and 37 <laughs> minute outro to this unbelievable, epic, legendary masterpiece Of a song or of three songs combined into one, which really is seamless and flawless and unexpected the first time you hear it. And again, I just bring back that girl who starts singing that I'm like, wait, how did you know the song goes that way? I would never have pictured that.
1: (laughs) Right. You can never expect each section is a surprise, but it all works.
2: Yeah, it really is an unbelievable song. I couldn't be happier that we went over every lyric because they're important. Uh, The Hollywood Reporter in 2019 said that they were going to make somebody MGM television was going to make this song into a basis for a new TV series. Thank God for the pandemic, because hopefully that is put on the back burner. I cannot I cannot have that. There's no need for that. I cannot have the the sanctity. The song's already ruined by the music video that they, uh, quote, again, officially put out. I can't have it ruined again by a stupid TV show. uh, I want to say starring Luke Perry. Uh, but that's <laughs> even yeah. though he's dead, uh-huh. Brenda uh, and Dylan, right? Right, right. <laughs> but I, I it, it doesn't matter, whatever that I, I can't have it starring Olivia Rodrigo and stuff. I just like losing Luke Perry because that's what they use in Clueless and The Simpsons, uh, <laughs> as their <laughs> references for, uh, which I think they all knew he was going to be a 90s icon and that's where it was going to end, <laughs> even in the 90s. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I'm not saying anything against Olivia Rodrigo, we all like her. And she'll probably be around for a while, I guess. But uh, yeah, they're going to have somebody young and annoying that didn't understand Billy Joel and and doesn't understand the greatness of this song and that you're ruining it.
1: Yeah, which they already kind of did, um, you know, with moving out where the main characters are Brenda and Eddie, and they yeah. already kind of made it into like a story around this song in some way.
2: Well, you know what, Alan? That's the thing. What are you going to do? This song reads like a Broadway show. I mean, it's it was surprising that it actually took that long to get to Broadway and how he wasn't thought of. Or I'm sure he didn't want to do it, but this song is made for Broadway. I mean, this is a Broadway show tune.
1: Yeah. And Billy Joel treats it that way, even back in the 1982 live on Long Island concert. Did you watch that live video? No, because he literally has as the song starts, they have a little checkerboard table set up and the band is sitting there pretending that they're at an Italian restaurant. And there's this whole like scene act out before they start playing their parts. It's really corny. And we've seen, I think, other songs from that concert also. Like we had um, on Moving Out, he showed Anthony holding a grocery bag. Remember that? Right, I remember that. One of the roadies was just like walking around with a grocery bag. So he had a lot of this going on at that concert. So Billy was already thinking theatrically about a lot of the stories that are on the Stranger album.
2: Yeah, that's probably when he got approached because I know it wasn't his idea. He's like, yeah, I've always thought of my songs as very theatrical. And then, of course, um, just still makes me angry that they did it at all.
1: Now, I'll tell you the live stats for this song, which are not surprising. Oh, yeah. I wasn't even
2: going to bother going into it. But I do wonder, was there a period where he didn't play it? I have a feeling there might have been. Maybe he got sick of it for a while and then realized how important it was.
1: No, uh, there's no time when he didn't play this song. It's the number two most played song behind Piano Man it's been played 760 times that we know of wow that's Uh, a lot
2: that is a lot because uh yeah i guess that's what you do For this but it's surprising i would think i mean i know he likes it and he gets it and it does do well live and everybody loves it but i guess i would think once in a while not not that he's sick of it or just that um I would think there's a period of time when you're doing a nylon curtain tour when this might not fix, let alone the fact that it's, you know, an eight minute song and you're like, wow, we could play so many other songs if we didn't have this.
1: But it already is many other songs. It's many songs in one and it's got everything for everybody. So, you know, uh, Billy can do his like piano ballad in the beginning. If he likes to play a little bit of soft thing the, the band can play like the, the horns, the uh, everyone's, you know, Liberty, everyone's getting into it. There's a lot of fun, like fast moments, like the Dixieland jazz. And the Brenda and Eddie section for the crowd, you have the slow stuff. You have the fast stuff It's fun to sing along to. So it's not the kind of song like just the way you are, where it, the whole thing is slow. And maybe that's kind of a downer.
2: Yeah, you're right. And probably in the back of his mind, he's like, I can't believe people love things are OK in Oyster Bay. And I get to play it every night and they don't know that that's what the song is really called. Yeah, in his head,
1: he's actually singing the real lyrics. And
2: he's thinking of meatball parm, uh, meatball subs. And he's like, oh, yeah,
1: that's going to be good when I get off here. That's (laughs) his rider for every show at MSG. It's like, okay, we got to have meatball subs and we got to (laughs) have onion rolls and Chinese food and a bottle of whiskey. You
2: got it, Billy. But uh, may I suggest that maybe uh, maybe we could get one of those three things every time. Oh, Cause I uh, see there's a video where you seem to forget pressure and you it looks like you're sweating and maybe things didn't go down the right way. <laughs>
1: Not enough meatballs. That's why he's <laughs> thinking about the meatballs.
2: Oh, folks, I got to tell you, I love that. We uh, went over this song with a fine tooth comb. This is the one, this is the right one to do it for. I uh, enjoyed talking about this song today with you Alan.
1: Yeah, me too. And it's going to be great that we have this seven part episode. (laughs) We'll be releasing this over the next 12 weeks.
2: (laughs) Well, that's the way it's supposed to be. This is scenes from an Italian restaurant. God damn it. This is the reason you do the podcast for Billy Joel.
1: Well, Dave, it's time for the trivia portion of the show. Do you have a stumper for me? Oh please I mean are we really doing
2: trivia we have to I do have one and it's strange you know it's like we've pretty much discussed all the trivia in the song already so it's was like I don't I, who wants to have a lame trivia question for scenes from an Italian restaurant you you want to make it your best trivia but I don't know I felt like everything was kind of talked about yeah. you know cuz you could make the trivia like uh, so what three songs are these originally based on or something like that? So I've got one that's pretty good. I think you'll like it. Okay, It's weird, but it's okay. We all now know that the Italian restaurant that inspired the song was Fontana de Trevi at 151 West 57th Street. Directly across the street at 150 West 57th Street is the still standing Russian tea room. In 1979, Woody Allen filmed a scene from Manhattan there, which movie also included a scene at the Lanes. Also, the classic movie *Tootsie* was also filmed there in 1983. Now, Stephen Bishop sang the theme song to *Tootsie*. Something's telling me it might be you, <laughs> but it was written by the legendary and i've been a fan of his for a very long time even got to work in his office for a while which is a miracle it was written by the legendary dave gruzen a legendary jazz musician if you ever get a chance to get his album power lines fucking loved it from the 80s it's totally 80s it's amazing it's so good it's like a modern uh what do you call that jazz now um like new jazz what, what do we call it when you go to alexa or something uh Play modern jazz, something like that. I don't know. Smooth jazz. Smooth jazz. So the question is, which Billy Joel album did Dave Gruzen arrange the entire horn section for? And because the answer could be quite obvious after what I've just uh, said and what he does, can you name the song as well?
1: Hmm. I'm completely stumped. I mean, I can well, name an album, I guess. Well, I, mean, well, I
2: mean, hold, hold on. I mentioned the key word that Dave Grusin is known for.
1: Modern jazz. Well, so is jazz. it the song modern woman.
2: No, oh. no, no, no. Jazz is the key to the
1: jazz. OK, so 52nd Street.
2: Exactly. But now the question is, can you name the song?
1: So one song in particular. Yes. An extra horny song.
2: He arranged, (laughs) take that back, he (laughs) arranged the entire horn section for this one particular song.
1: Hmm. Rosalinda's Eyes? No. I mean, that's a good guess. Honesty? Does that have horns in it?
2: I don't know, but it does start with an H.
1: Starts with an H.
2: It is on the Dave Juskow... Hidden gems.
1: Half a mile away.
0: Yes. Oh, yeah. Those are good horns. Yeah. So. Uh, da, 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 right. 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 Right.
2: That'd be right. I forgot about that too. Right. They're right at the beginning. Ba, ba, da, da. Yeah. All written. Uh, all arranged by Dave and the great. Dave Grusin, you look him up on Wikipedia, you will find a very huge bibliography of work that uh, is quite unbelievable and spans decades. I got to work in his office. I'll never forget. I got to work in his office. He wasn't there, but I got to work in his actual office and his office. And I was in love with him at the time. It was just just a coincidence because this no Nightlines album. That was the name of the album, Nightlines. And this album was my favorite album. And on his desk, he was the head, the head of the company, was a keyboard. His desk was a
1: keyboard. It was <laughs> awesome.
2: It was so cool. Were
1: cool. they really like, don't touch any of his stuff?
2: No, they didn't even say they didn't care. And it, everybody was cool, was working there. They were playing music really loud because they had to listen. It was like his uh, record company. He owned a record company. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and everybody was playing. It was CDs. And they were all playing them loud. It was like the few offices you could go to where they were playing loud because they had to get into the groove and listen to it and sell it. And it was an awesome place to work for a few weeks. Cool. But yeah, that's a roundabout trivia question about the uh, restaurant across the street. And somehow it got us restaurant.
1: to Billy Joel. Yeah. So
2: do you have a trivia question for me?
1: Yeah, I do. Uh, I have like one and a half. One of them that's definitely a a Dave Juskow kind of trivia question, but the first one isn't. Okay, so the restaurant Fontana di Trevi named after the Trevi Fountain in Italy. So the question is about the Trevi Fountain. The Trevi Fountain was built by an architect who shares a name with what pressed sandwich that you might get at an Italian restaurant. Panini? Yes. The guy's name is Panini? His name was Giuseppe Panini. Oh. <laughs> and in the 1600s, he, he, he was the architect for the Trevi Fountain.
2: How do you like that? You know, the one thing we didn't... Do you have more? I'm sorry. Oh,
1: yeah. The next part of it is... Th- this is the Dave Juskow part. The Trevi Fountain in Italy was featured in what 2003 Disney Channel movie that you probably like?
2: 2003. So I was going to say Descendants, but that can't be right. Uh, Herbie Rides Again? No. Um, the Disney Channel movie that I would like in 2000- Disney
1: Channel. movie. So it's based on a Disney Channel show. Oh, wait, I think I know it. Does it star Selena Gomez? No. damn it. <laughs> I don't know. It stars Hillary Duff.
2: Oh, where she went to Rome and she was, uh, she had a twin and she was dating. I, I mean, uh, I don't, I don't know what it is. It's a Linz. <laughs> no, don't, don't tell me. Uh, Mick, Mick, shit. Um, <laughs> Mick, the, shit. <laughs> ah, crap. Linz. Is it <laughs> Lindsay? Ah, oh, damn it. Mick McGuire, Lindsay, Lindsay McGuire. What, what? Ah, oh, damn it. What's the name of that show? You're
1: right there. The Lizzie McGuire movie.
2: Lizzie McGuire movie. Yeah. Remember, they're all going around Italy and those Vespas that I like. And uh, yeah, I think she has a double or something uh, that, 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 that there's a singer that looks like her. And I, you, you, damn it. You were right. I did like that movie. God damn it. <laughs> What's the matter with me? I shouldn't know about that movie at all.
1: I knew you would. Well, not as much as I thought, though. I thought it'd be like, that's my favorite. I have 12 Blu-ray copies.
2: I don't. Well, there was a lot of inconsistencies in that movie, so it is not my favorite, but I do like it. Um, You know who I don't like is uh, Hillary Duff's sister, Haley Duff. I mean, she was brilliant in that um, movie with Napoleon Dynamite. Yes. And other than that, she is awful. Thank
1: you. Well, She's just been just cowed.
3: <laughs> You've been just cowed.
1: That was a pretty light just cow. It wasn't too harsh.
2: Oh, I just wanted to say, because we only talked about this on the Q wrap up or the Q live show we did, is that the restaurant, uh, as we talked about, just so we are uh, really bring it home, the Fontana del Trevi moved to Inglewood, New Jersey. Is there but the people that owned the original restaurant that this song is based on we were talking about remember uh, Alon, alan moved to by in your Florida. where your where your wife is in Florida what it what is it yeah down in Sarasota Sarasota and today we're taping this i guess we could just say we're taping this on mother's day today is the last day the restaurant is open today i just thought of that alon today is the last day for the people that were the inspiration for this song they are retiring as of today wow so if you're listening to this too late (laughs) yeah oh is that crazy well look how it comes around well elon it is parody time i am positive you have a parody for this and uh, let's just hope it uh, adds to where we need to be with the parodies. I think today we're going to go for it all and maybe put some music behind it because why not? We got to go for it. This is the one.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, this is, this is the big one. I had to think really long and hard. Um, but My, my weird Alan parody today is called Scones from an Italian restaurant. Shut up. It is not. Stop it. I'm going to stop you right there, you son. <laughs> <laughs> Seven and a half minutes about scones, everybody oh that is brilliant it is not though right You're just <laughs> no kidding. it's not that would I'm oh. sorry yeah I know that the show would end at that point if that happened you guys would all stop uh, listening
2: that's brilliant we get
1: all these one star reviews
2: <laughs> yeah that would be like well I've had it with this show like this is the one that just told everybody I've had enough <laughs>
1: over the edge no no it's gonna be called <laughs> scenes from a Chuck E. Cheese restaurant <laughs> Well, that seems fitting enough.
2: Didn't you tell me you were thinking of something else? I was thinking
1: of scenes from a kosher restaurant. Oh,
2: my God. That's right. That would have been so funny, too. And I
1: did think of also scenes from the Seinfeld restaurant. Oh, which could have been fun, too. But we did. We've done a couple of Seinfeld ones already.
2: Well, this sounds good. So, yeah, let's uh, get it together.
0: bottle of Sprite A bottle of Coke An animatronic rat Tells a joke We are adjacent to the mall At this godforsaken place Give me a gun To shoot my face mm. Bottle of Coke bottle of Sprite. Caffeine and sugar to keep kids up all night. You can play any game you want at this Chuck E. Cheese restaurant. for me today. My kid's friend from school is having a birthday so now I'm stuck here drinking root beer with the other parents. Oh, the pizza here tastes like shit. The giant rat just scared my kid. But I fear all the real rats here are in the kitchen. Do you remember those days hanging out at the pizza hut? Checkerboard tablecloths and brown plastic cups. The pizza there was ten times better than this stuff Deep dish, stuffed crust This Chuck E. Cheese is such a bust
2: were the popular waiters and the king and the queen of the staff brenda decided she'd be better off being one of the cast and he had said she was crazy Much just make believe band is much too lazy and clearly the game room attendance the way to get by oh but then we were waiting to the birthday party goodbye whoa, whoa party where the mouse was named Marty and they filled all the kids with beer. All the kids cried and they gave grandma a ride in the race car they kept at the pier. But they realized they screwed up when the kids all threw up but they just didn't count on the pee. oh, oh, oh. oh, oh.
0: Sprite Caffeine and sugar To keep kids up All night You can play any game You want At this Chuck E. Cheese Restaurant
2: Brilliant (laughs) And that is our epic parody for today. Look, we put it out, we, we made it, we made a change,
1: we made it different. We were all involved. Yeah, <laughs> we surprised you. You guys didn't know Dave knew ahead of time. <laughs> this time he did. Well, or you were amazing at improvising just there.
2: <laughs> oh, that was crazy. So much fun, so much fun to do. It's so much, I mean, what an epic song. What a great, I mean, it's a, it's in, we should be embarrassed that we even tried a parody on it, but you have to respect it as well.
1: Yeah, and it makes me respect the song more because it's really hard to write a parody for this one. So the the lyrics Billy put together work so well. Yeah. Well, folks, that was Scenes from an Italian restaurant. If you like our podcast, be sure to go to Apple and give us five stars. We release new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday, so make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss a single song. Follow us on social media at Billy Joel A to Z and give us some feedback. What was longer, this song or this episode? Are you guys totally (laughs) excited about our next song, "Shades of Gray"? Oh man,
2: that's gonna be awesome!
1: Woo! Just as good as this one, I tell you. Yeah,
2: talk about doubling
1: down. Would you have preferred to hear a full-length version of "Things Are Okay" in Oyster Bay? I would, as
2: long as there's meatball heroes involved.
1: Yeah, I can start to go for an onion roll right about now. Did we blow your mind that this song was completed before Phil Ramone came into the picture? Definitely for me. Did you realize that Brenda and Eddie got divorced after just a few weeks? Shocking. Is this your number one Billy Joel song of all time? Did you ever own a waterbed? Oh. Were you a player? So that's it? That's all
2: you heard about Brenda and Eddie?
1: Can't tell you more because I told you already. <laughs> you old dog. <laughs> Aha! So until next time, I'm Alon Altman. I'm Dave Juskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z.